Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this live broadcast. My name is Jenny Donnelly, and this is Shauna Danberg. And we are actually in our podcast studio right now. We have a podcast called Don't Mess With Our Kids. And that's because there are women, grandmas, young Gen Z girls, and guess what? We've had enough because the attack on our kids has gone way too far. And there's a grassroots movement called Don't Mess With Our Kids that is rising up in America right now. And it's very easy to be engaged with this. And one of the ways that you can engage and really help out America turn back to God is by sharing this broadcast right now. Share this with your audience because there's people that need to hear about this that may never know about this unless you tell them. So go ahead and push that share button. And then we also want to share with you that on April 13th, this coming 2024, April 13th, we are going to have all 50 states at your capital prayer. We will do a little fasting. Don't worry. It won't kill anybody. We're <laughs> going to do some prayer. We're going to do a little bit of fasting, but we are going to stand that day for truth of what we know. And that is the word of God. And we're going to stand for some truths. I know you guys have heard me talk about this. And then of course, there is a mobilization of a million women and their families to the mall in DC. So we're super excited about all that. Listen, today we are not filming this podcast in advance, obviously, because you're right here. This is happening live. And the reason that we're doing this is because our guest today is somebody who I met in Dallas, Texas, and we sat down, had an initial meeting, and then had an extended meeting. And I am when I tell you that he is an answer to prayer, I am under exaggerating, okay? Because I have been praying, God, how are we going to affect change in the Reformation side of this movement? And I would say this movement is like our left leg is revival and our right leg is reformation. And so I was in Dallas, Texas, and um, he's been a longtime friend of Lou Engle. And he's been with Lou Engle since 2002. And so he's big time prayer and fasting guys. So, you know, we gel right there. But when I found out what he was doing in the area of reformation and mobilizing people to help turn America around, in the Reformation side. And maybe you don't even know what Reformation is. And maybe that's one of the questions he could answer. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a little bit of his bio. I can't wait to bring him on in just a minute. And we're going to set him loose. And he is going to <laughs> rock our worlds. Okay. Before we get started, though, if you are watching this with young audiences, you know, we put this on our graphic when we were promoting this. And maybe, maybe you're just now tuning in and you haven't seen the graphic we said to promote this. But we want to make sure that you don't have young audiences peeking over your shoulder watching this with you because there are some images that we're going to be showing that are not for young audiences. Now, here's the irony. Yeah. Those images are actually what your children have access to in their public school right now or their public library or social media. So these are things that we are actually going to show, even though some of it's blurred out. Um, we... We cannot be a church that a church body with our head in the sand any longer. It has cost us a lot to do that. So you've been fairly warned that if you have young audiences, you might want to come back to this later after this is, of course, going to be recorded. And so um, Mark Gonzalez, Reverend Mark Gonzalez, is the founder and president of the Hispanic Action Network, 
And Mark has been a notable visionary. I would say that for sure, a pioneer in establishing grassroots networks in the prayer and civic action movement for over 20 years. Turning Faith into Action, H-A-N, that's the Hispanic Action Network, works to see the community of faith engaged in the civic arena and exercising its God-given right to vote from a biblical worldview. And Gonzalez crisscrosses the nation every week, educating, equipping, engaging, and mobilizing the church to be effective in taking a stand and having a voice on a local, state, and national level regarding cultural issues impacting the family, church, and evangelical community at large. Mr. Gonzalez has had the honor of speaking at the White House in front of Congress and has chaired numerous election campaigns from the local to national level. He is one of the leading Latino voices on the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and immigration. From stadiums and pulpits, and I know, Mark, you can hear me right now, and he's like, oh, don't read my bio. I don't care about all that. But I wanted people to know, and, and there's more that we could say, but I want people to know that from stadiums and pulpits across America to the White House and Congress, as well as his local church, city hall, and community events, Mark moves with the mandate of establishing prayer. Can you believe that, Shauna? We have somebody that's like yes. civic action and prayer. Yes. It's like a beautiful Amazing. combination. It's the best. Um, and he does this establishment of prayer and civic action across America. And we don't want to forget to say that Mark is married to his high school sweetheart, which is so cool, Beverly. And they have four children and one grandchild. And I know that he is fighting for his children and his grandson, and they reside in Dallas, Texas. So let's bring Mark on. Mark, we're so excited you are here. Thank you so much for being with us. How are you doing? Great. Thank, thanks for having me. It's great to be here uh, with you all tonight to be able to share and just uh, awaken uh, our audience uh, to what's going on. And many because of the movement that you guys represent. OK, I know we are we've recently come to know each other. But as we've been following what Don't Mess With Our Kids is all about uh, and her voice movement and so forth, you guys are doing tremendous work, and I'm excited because this is the hour of the woman, okay? And I truly believe 2024 is going to be the hour and the year of the women uh, to, have, to get her voice back as we go forth with what God needs to do in this hour. So I'm excited to be a part of it, uh, or what we call Esther's, right? Uh, right. It's, I get to be a Mordecai in, in this, right. and uh, but we're excited to be a part uh, because it's time to take back uh, our country, turn it back to God, and, and take back our government at the same time. And we all have a role to play when it comes to doing that. So I'm excited to share some of that tonight. We'll see where the Lord takes us, but yeah. we're excited to be here on the program. That's so good. Well, in just a minute, we're going to let you loose. And we're just going to say, share your screen, share your slides, share your information, because we want to see what it is that you are showing people across the country. You have this grassroots level message where you're going into churches, you're going into um, private meetings, you're going into pastors meetings, you're going all over to mobilize the church to turn America back to God. And what had happened, I want to let our audience know, is that when Mark showed me this a lot of what they're going to see tonight, I was just sitting there going, 
this is too good. I can't just sit here in an office with a couple people yeah. and watch this and not say, you got to show this to, to the world that I live in, which isn't huge, but it's enough people that need to hear this. And some mama bears that are, they're just sitting on the edge of their seat, Mark, and they're just ready to go. They're, they're ready to make a difference. They're ready to fight for their kids. And um, yet, you know, people like me need educated. We need to understand. We, we have that gut wrenching, like, oh man, something's wrong. We got to go for this. But sometimes we lack what you're going to show tonight. We lack some of the information we need to really go out there and make a difference. And so I, I would love to hear this before we have you share your screen. Would you tell us how did God move you into, because I know you've been with Lou, you've been praying and fasting, you've been skipping meals, you know, with the rest of us yes. here. <laughs> yes. We know how that goes, right? And, yes. and so um, you've been moving in that spiritual realm. What was it? Was there, was there a moment in time that you felt like, man, I got to, I got to, put my prayers to action here and we need to see America be saved. What was there a time that that really jolted for you or, or talk about that a little bit? Yes. Well, um, you know, I've been born and raised in ministry all my life. My father was a tent evangelist for 14 years and then he pastored for 14 years. Then went home to be with the Lord in 1996. And then we launched in our own ministry. And uh, so at the end of the day, I tell people, look, man, I'm just a preacher. I just want to preach. Doing this was not my idea. <laughs> OK, so I could have stayed behind my pulpit in my church and have my status here in Dallas with all the things we were doing in the community. Um, I, I'd have been happy and I've been good, uh, but that's not the way the Lord would have it. And, and so as we were moving in that, when God establishes as a ministry here in the Metroplex, uh, God began to deal with me to get involved in the community. And so we were coming from youth ministry. And so we're doing a lot of youth ministry across the country. And so we started to move in that area. And then we began to establish establish offices. So when we did that, uh, every time, first thing I did was go to a school board meeting. Okay, let's just get that straight. Mm -hmm. All right, okay. the very first thing when we launched ministry, I came to the school board meeting and I stayed there till the very end. I was basically the only one there uh, from, at least from a clergy perspective. And after the meeting was over, they came up with me, the school board members started, you know, greeting me and so forth because uh, we were, they're like, you know, who are you? I'm going, Pastor Mark Gonzalez. I'm here to see how we can serve. And they were like, what are you doing here? Pastors don't come here. Okay, well, I go, this one does, and I'm here to let you know, however we can serve, we're here to serve you. And then we went to, from there, I went to the city council meeting. Okay, mm -hmm. went to the city council meeting, and for 10 years, I didn't miss a single city council meeting. Okay, I was traveling all over the country, but I was always making sure I was back for every time on Monday, first and third Monday of the month for city council. Right, so we did that, and we began to take things over. Now, here's the thing. In doing all of that, we was it was just for us, it was about city transformation. That's how we're going to do. How can we transform our city and turn this city back to God and let God have his way and destiny be fulfilled? And as we were doing that, every time I turned around, I was bumping up against this thing called government. Right. Mm -hmm. I tend to deal with this issue and this regulation, this planning and zoning. And, you know, I need permits and I need this and we need that. And then you got to talk to city council and the school board and planning and zoning commission and all of that. And then you begin to realize, OK, what, what's going on here? Sometimes they cooperate. Sometimes they don't cooperate. Right. And so then we begin to investigate who's got a vision that's going to prosper our community. That's what I want to know. 
And then we begin to realize the only way to affect that was not prayer, but the vote. And so next thing we knew is I had my, I was president of the Ministry Alliance. So we had our secretary uh, come up to me, says, I had a dream. And I need to meet with you and so forth. And we kind of said, okay, let's have dinner. We had dinner. I'm leaving a lot of details out. But the point was, he goes, look, God spoke to me and said, I need to run for city council. I go, what do you think? I said, well, was it God or not? He said, um, it was God. I said, then why are you asking me? <laughs> okay, you need to run for city council. And he goes, I thought you say that because I want you to run my campaign. All right. So okay. that became our whole deal. Now, we said no, by the way. Okay, he said, no, God told you, you go do your thing. And he kept insisting, insisting, insisting. And then next thing we knew, finally, we say, yes, okay. We helped with the campaign, and he won by seven votes. Mm. Okay, then he won by 200, then he won by 600. Now he's mayor of the city, right? So, but it took us engaging, okay, in that arena. Not because we're trying to play politics, because this had nothing to do with politics. It had everything to do with how do we sustain a move of God in our community? How do we keep this community thriving, okay, in the direction that we believe God wants this to go? And the only way we could make a difference in that arena wasn't just in the prayer closet. It was going to take the ballot box. So we mobilized the churches, okay, to the ballot box, and then we would decide who was going to be the mayor, who was going to be city council. Who's going to serve on school board because we mobilized there. We even took over the chamber of commerce. Okay. I got everybody in the, I got it. Anyways, you're, you're getting to know some deeper. Uh, so we got all the churches. If you want to be part of the ministry Alliance, you got to join the chamber of commerce. All right. So we joined okay. the chamber of commerce to the point that we took over the chamber of commerce. Okay. To the point there was enough pastors involved in the chamber that now you got to open up every meeting in prayer. You got to have prayer over your lunch. You got to close with a benediction. You got to do all these things wow. because now we got too many clergy up in this room. It used to be, just be business okay. leaders, elected officials. Now you got men and women of God in this room, right? And so mm -hmm. from that standpoint, we began to change the climate of what mm -hmm. was going on, but knowing and realizing it wasn't just going to be enough. For me to speak from my pulpit and pray on Monday nights in my prayer service or Tuesday nights in my prayer service. But we're going to have to take our congregations and take them to the ballot box. And, mm. and I know we'll be talking a little more about this, but I'm going to preface it with this statement and we'll cover it whenever we get to this. What we failed to realize is how associated our vote is with revival. Mm. I believe if we understood that we'd vote more. Okay, because still at this point, 75% of the church in America doesn't vote. Okay, and then we wonder why the prayers on school, the commandments are on the wall, same sex marriage is taking over the day. We see all the stuff that's going on and taking place. Why? Because the standard bearers, who is us, the body of Christ, are not participating. So these values are not being represented in the civic arena. Okay, at the ballot box, at city hall, at school boards, none of that. Why? Because we're we're not participating. That needs to change. But I get, you know, everybody's always telling me, well, Mark, Mark, God's got it, man. God, God, you know, they use it. They always use that scripture. God's going to, God chooses kings and he, he does whatever he wants to do with them. He moves them as a, as a river in the water. I'm like, you know, no, he, that, that's not, I get what you're saying. I kind of don't, but I kind of do. The point is this, <laughs> that was in the Bible. That was in the Old Testament. That was the 21st century. And that day they were appointed. In our day, they were elected. There's a difference. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's our job as the body of Christ to make sure if we want to see 
God-fearing people in places of authority. Okay, it's going to take a God-fearing church to put them in that place mm. because the world is not going to do our job. Okay, we're no. going to have to do that. They don't want pro-life people in there. They don't want people that believe in, in biblical marriage and traditional marriage. They don't want folks that that stand, okay, that are they're not going to allow, like we're seeing now, don't mess with our kids. And we're not going to allow you to push this, this transgender agenda on our children and, you know, all these sex ed and so forth. We're, we're not. But it's going to take a church that's going to activate and engage in that arena. That's why we pray, but then we act. And that act is voting. We have to vote. So when God began the movie in 2006, he says, I want you to begin to speak over America and over the body of Christ, a prayer and action movement. And he gave me a word. I'm looking for a people that speak two languages, the language that moves heaven and the language that moves the earth. The language that moves heaven is prayer. The language that moves the earth is a vote, civic engagement. Right. So we begin to pray that first in the closet for two years. Right. And then this thing began to crescendo into America. And then next thing you know, now we were modeling at the same time. We were modeling it since 1998, 96, 98, because that's what we were doing already. But then God says it's time to begin to move this into the nation. And so we begin to pray into that. And then we begin to model that. We did the marriage amendment in five states. And then next thing you know, we're in 12 states, 15 states. Now we've been in 32 states, you know, and then we mobilize all over America. You know, all these things that were taking place, but all of it was to make sure that the church was taking its rightful place of authority in the community. And we were having righteous people making legislation. Right. Because at the end of the day, the, the word of God is clear. Right. When the righteous are in, in authority, the people rejoice. What? When the evil are in authority, the people mourn. And so. What do you want to rejoice or you want to mourn? That, that's up to us, right? We you, we get to make that decision. A lot of times we like to put the, you know, give the devil credit, sometimes even give God credit. And God says, no, man, I've I've done working. Okay. I worked for six days. I rested. I've given you all the authority. All right, it's time for you to go do what I've empowered you to do. And as we do that and we go forth. And we vote and we engage in the community. We go to city council meetings. We go to school board meetings. We we go we go to these areas. Why? Because that's where the decision making is taking place. You know, people like to say all the time, well, we don't mix politics and religion here. And I said, me neither. I said, what do you mean? That's all you do. I said, no, no, it's not politics and religion. It's church and government and God ordained both. And I'm to participate. See, I don't get to say no to the church. I don't get to say no to government because why? He ordained both. And because of that, I'm to participate in that. The point has become is we've gotten cyclical, right? So the church has gotten on the political cycle. So we only talk about life every two years. We only talk about marriage every two years. So we've taken all these biblical mandates and they become political because we only speak on the election cycle. Oh, that's a good point. The time has come for us. Hey, this is what the, I always tell people, this is about the B-I-B-O-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. That's the book for me. Right. And so this is what we're going to begin to share and declare around the clock because the word of God is clear. Speak the whole counsel of my word and omit not a word. So just like I talk about the tithe, just like I talk about the offering, just like I talk about prayer, just like I talk about fasting, it's my job to also talk about government and my responsibility as dual citizenship from heaven and earth to participate in both. Okay. And in the earth, it's by the vote. And it's time that we become that voting church 
And if we do, I'm telling you, we're about to take back government. We're about to see a move of God take place because the moment God-fearing individuals are in the highest offices of the land, okay, a move of God's about to hit those communities. Mm -hmm. It's about to hit that nation. Okay, when there was righteous kings in the Bible, and again, they were appointed in that time. God would appoint kings. And, and so when they were appointed, when it was a righteous king, right, they were in abundance. They, they, they were in, in peace and, and harmony and, and experiencing the goodness of God. They were having an awakening. They were having a revival. When it was an evil king, okay, they were in war and plunder and, and you know, and, uh, and uh, scarcity and judgment, all these things. What was the difference? The highest office of the land was a God-fearing individual. So if I want to see an awakening take place in my city, in my community, in my school district, in my nation, I need the highest office of that land, of that area, of that region to be a God-fearing individual because that's the last ingredient that we need for all those prayers to begin to manifest. And as wow. we put that into place, these things begin to happen. And so this is why I'm excited to share what we share and what we do because, no, it's not about politics. No, it's not. It's about a revival. But we'll That's never it. have revival until we affect government and take it back for his honor and glory. Wow. Okay? What I saw was a picture. I saw this picture while you were talking, and it was like this enormous, powerful river, like huge. And it was up against a dam. All the prayers, all the decrees about revival. And it was just, you know, mm -hmm. held up by a dam. And what I saw was people voting. And when they voted, the dam came down. That's what I saw when you're talking. And here comes all the prayers, all the decrees, all the things, you know, that we've been praying for a billion soul harvest, uh, you know, all the things we've been praying for our cities and our states and our nation. And so I want to I want to ask you a question before we get right into this. Um, and we're in we're in the middle of it right now. But before we get to your slides, um, I feel like you. OK, how many percentage of the church doesn't vote? What 70, did you say that was? 75. 75. OK, that's really concerning. That's very concerning. Unbelievable. So we shouldn't be surprised when people are in office who have no reverence for this, for the word. Because people who believe this and have laid their lives down for the for the word aren't the ones putting those people in office, okay, um, or putting the right people in office. I should say by not voting, we are voting, and I'm not sure if everybody understands that. When we don't vote, we withhold our vote. The, you know, it just makes sense. This is like two plus two equals four stuff right now. But here's my question for you. I've thought about this. Why are Christians not voting? I know that the Register to vote is higher, but why are we not actually voting? I've heard people say things like, well, if it's a rainy day outside, people won't go to the ballot box. Well, I live in Portland, Oregon, so that's not it for us, okay? <laughs> We're doing all sorts of stuff in the rain. Um, I feel like people like me, I feel like I'm, you know, I love Jesus, have a, five kids, I'm doing a ministry, I care about who is making the decisions for my state, my county, my country. However, I have a big problem, and that is low information. I don't know who to vote for. And I have even felt like going to vote was almost like 
trying to detonate a bomb. Like if I pull this wire, I'm going to blow up, you know, my country. Or if I pick this button, hey, yeah, you, you pick the right one, like a game show where you're like trapdoor or the new car, you know, like which one are you going to get? And I think because of the ignorance that people like me have felt like I just feel, and I don't mean ignorant in an insulting way. I mean it in, I just don't know. I just don't know what this person, I've never heard their name. I don't know if I'm supposed to vote for them for mayor or not. Now, when the voting guides came out, when I saw my first voter guide, I, I think I crossed a threshold. I went, okay, so I don't know who that guy is or girl, but this one believes in abortion being protected. This one believes in pro-life. Okay, well, that helps me. I know I'm, I'm, I'm voting for what, who's mostly closest aligned with this, biblically aligned. So the voter guide really gave me a lot of confidence and then I didn't have as much anxiety around voting. Can you, through your experience, why are Christians not voting? I mean, this was my best thought on that, but why are Christians not voting? Why do you think that is? In part, it's exactly what you said. Sometimes it's, I don't know who's running for office. Uh, I don't even know where they stand on the values. And thus, I'm a low information uh, individual, so I don't participate. The other thing is, because we're not charged from the pulpit, right? Okay. The, the, the key is the pulpits. Uh, you're taking wow. me down uh, some areas here that I can, <laughs> that I learned. Uh, this is firsthand knowledge, okay? A lot of the things okay. is because of what <clears throat> I remember one year, we're not going to talk about this, okay? But I'm just going to, because I, I got to say this because I'm going to share the story. Yeah. Uh, is we were, we were in the White House and, uh, this time, George W. Bush had asked us to bring leaders to discuss the issue of immigration. Okay, so we bring leaders, we're talking and so forth. And uh, from that, I was, even though we were challenged from a Hispanic perspective, it was also, a, there were, it was twofold. It was also dealing with the church. And this is the part I want to go to. Okay, so uh, leaving a whole lot of things out here, soon after that meeting, I get a phone call from the largest lobbying firms in America. They said they wanted to meet with me. The senior vice president, so happened to be a conservative uh, a Christian individual, wanted to meet. So we come in, we meet, we sit down, and they may basically begin to lay out the framework of how Washington works, how politics wor work. And this is at the end of our meeting, you know, three hours later, they were bottom line said, look, Mark, we just did a survey for a presidential candidate. Now, this is what I want you to get here. This is a secular political lobbying organization. This is not a Jesus organization. This is not a Christian organization. This is not an organization that says we, we, we focus on the faith community. No, they're straight up do things for presidential, for political candidates. This was a presidential survey. And to, you know, how they do those, they run these numbers and polls to see if the guy's going to have a chance and so forth and so on. In this, he said... Uh, we there's only three things that move Washington, money, polls, and votes. That's it. Don't don't kid yourself about anything else, right? Those are the only three things. The only three things that gets measured by a candidate is money, polls, and votes, right? If you don't believe me, you can take any situation, right? And the only time the candidate, the president, elect whatever moved was when one of those three areas were affected, mm. right? I'm just I you can rest assured. 
All right, that's the case. So he goes, Mark, so we're gonna let's take what you've done and what you're doing of those three things. And they measure me in two deals, Hispanics, but the church as well, evangelicals. And he goes, so the first part was, okay, evangelicals, they said, well, you guys aren't, Hispanics aren't voting like they're supposed to. Church is not voting like it's supposed to. I was, so we said, okay, that was point one. They go, point two was, that was conservative. Point two was the church votes even less. Okay, so we're like, okay, conservatives don't vote like they're supposed to. The church votes even less. All right, he goes, but the reason Washington and people seek you out and, you know, elected officials and so forth is because of the third part we found out. Again, mind you, secular organization. The third part of that survey was, but when they're told from the pulpit, they vote in greater numbers than the, the other two combined. Whoa. The power is at the pulpit. Now, it so happened that that's what I do. <laughs> okay, my whole life has been ministry. All of this work with pastors and leaders all across the country and, and so forth. So we just so happen to be in the right strategy of what moves a country forward, what moves elections, what moves society, because at the end of the day, it comes back down to the vote. Right. Okay. But when they're told from the pulpit, they move like all, all you can. It doesn't matter. They vote in greater number than the other two combined. And that was just mind blowing, because, again, this didn't come from a Christian organization. It didn't come from a faith group. It didn't come, no, it came from a secular political organization. That how they stumbled upon that information, I don't know, it may have just been so I would know. I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't know, but when we got that information, we began to run with it and we've been wow. working with pastors and mobilizing the church. And yes, we get criticized because they, well, the church doesn't vote and you can't depend on the church. And this and that, I go, well, here's the thing. Parties come and go, candidates come and go, but the church of the living God is going to remain forever. Amen. So if I'm going to spend my time somewhere, I'm going to spend it working in the church. And so this is why we're not going to give up on the church. We're going to keep working with the church because this is who God said the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Right. And I go, there's only one institution that's been anointed by God to transform society. It's not a candidate. It's not a party. It's not the government. It's the church. And so this is why we do this. And this is why it's so important that our pulpits begin to thunder once again, like back in the day of the Black Road Regiment, where they would take that, they would speak to their congregations and they would take off their, their, their robe and put on their military, have their military garb, take the musket and go out. Okay, the Battle of Bunker Hill and Boston and Lexington, all these, these were pastors and with the members, the men of the church that went out and saved society. Okay, mm. that's why it's, if you Google, Google, all right, I mean, the British literally named it the pastor's war, right? Because they said, if it wasn't for the pastors of that day, we wouldn't have an America right now. And mm. but because the church responded. And so the way I say it is when America needed her pastors, they responded. America needs her pastors once again. And I believe we're going to respond. And wow. so with that said, this is my prophetic declaration. And uh, so we're believing that that's going to be the case. And we're seeing those numbers begin to change. And we're believing we're going to those numbers are going to move in a great way. This coming election and elections to come because the church is finally beginning to wake up. Mm -hmm. Like never right. before, realize staying on the sideline is no longer an option. Okay, what's going on with our kids is we can no longer allow that to be the case. So if I lose my biggest donor, if I look my 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 you know my 
oldest member, if I, whatever the case may be, we're going to have to take a stand for truth and speak truth from our pulpit to the congregation and mobilize the, the, the army in the pew to come out and vote biblical values and we can take back our government once again for his honor and for his glory. Praise God. That's so encouraging. I'd love for people to comment right now, those of you that are on live. Of course, there's tons of people watching by replay and when we post the podcast. But for those of you that are on live, please uh, comment and talk to each other about this because it's this is super, super encouraging. And Shauna, did you have any questions before we go into this next segment? Well, I just was thinking about, Mark, when you talk about the pastor or from the pulpit talking about, are you talking about voting, just encouraging people to vote, encouraging people to vote for people with the biblical worldview? Or are you talking about more than that? Maybe just bring some clarification to that. We're mm -hmm. pastors. We have a church. <laughs> Tell us what you're, what you mean by that. Definitely the, you know, definitely about, I, I, I have a theme that we, we always tell people we can do 100% voter registration, 100% voter turnout. Every pastor can do that with their church. Okay. okay. The fact that we're not doing that, you know, it's just we're, we're, we're just missing the boat here. We that's no longer an option. OK, we have to use the the you know, the anointing God has given us. OK, that God has given us a congregation that listens to what we say. Right. And dealing with elections and government has to be one of those things that is spoken from the pulpit. And okay. so when we do that, that is for sure. Then we got to make sure, okay, they're going to come out and vote. So we want to we want to vote for those that are the most biblically aligned, right? Not everybody is, uh, you know, nobody has the Bible cornered and saying this is the party and this is no, no. Some the platforms will speak for themselves, and some platforms are more biblically aligned. For me, is look, I'm a pro life guy. I can't vote for a candidate that doesn't support life. I tell folks, there's only two non-negotiables. There's only two non-negotiables in the Bible, life and marriage. All right, I don't get to opinionate on those two issues. We can right. opinionate on the economy. We can opinionate on education. We can opinionate on immigration. We can uh, we can opinionate on the climate. We can opinionate on everything except two things: life and marriage. Life is in the blood, and marriage is between a man and a woman only. I don't get to yeah. opinion. There is no wiggle room there, mm -hmm. and Come so on. I don't give any wiggle room. So right. you better believe it that that's going to be my first litmus test to any candidate. Mm -hmm. Okay. If we at least did those two things, mm -hmm. right, we could see a, a tidal wave, a tsunami shift begin to take place of more biblically aligned candidates. Okay. Serving in office. And, and so this is where we have to at least start at least mm -hmm. on the life and the marriage issue. Okay, and then beyond that, you know, American independence, Second Amendment. And there's so many things that we put on there, you know, religious liberty, Israel, all these. But life and marriage, God is very clear. We've done the marriage amendment in five states. And every time we went, we were mobilizing and the media would come and say, well, what's your opinion? You know, you uh, on, on the issue. I said, I don't have none. They said, what do you mean you don't have none? You're here mobilizing thousands of pastors, you know, for this, this amendment that's going to be voted on for a constitution in the state. You got to have an opinion. I said, I don't have an opinion. I'm a minister. I preach out of a book called the Bible. And the Bible is clear that marriage is between a man and a woman only. And so when you be when you leave no liquor, then they would try to come back and men. But but and I said, Well, the Bible says that for this purpose shall man leave his home, right? What to cleave to is what? Husband and wife, male I mean, when you just you're using scripture, they're like, Okay, we're done because resist the devil and he shall flee. Remember, in other words, when you come with truth. And you continue speaking that truth, 
they're going to back up and back out because that's not what they want. They want to catch us compromising. They want to mm-hmm. catch us, okay, leaving that little window that we they can say something or they can exploit something. And we just refuse on those two issues to leave any wiggle room because I don't get, I, I didn't make that helpful. Follow it, okay? Yeah. So those are some of the two areas that we're always, and of course, then is voter guides, right? So we want to distribute a voter guide inside the church. We do this by the multiplied millions of voter guides across America, and we especially during presidential elections and so forth. And but we also do it to the school board, city council. It depends. We got different um, tiers of how we operate from local, state, and national, uh, or federal elections. And so we'll be more than glad. And and I think because we've talked about this, uh, Jenny and Shana, we've talked about this already that. There's going to be a little bit about this is what I'm excited because we're going to get to talk a little bit more about this further into the movement. Right. right. And uh, and so those days will come. Where we'll actually be able to lay out some strategy that we can turn all these mama bears loose. That's and right. About to take back all kinds of school boards all across. Well, that's America. what that's what Mark and I got to talk about with some other people is we have these mama bears in our country right now that are positioned to yeah. use their voice That's right. and all they need is just probably a voter guide for their area. Um, you know, and obviously for the presidential election as well, we just need some information so that we can look at this and say, okay, I know who I'm voting for. So one thing that Mark and I talked about was the prayer hubs and just imagine it. You know, we have over 2,300 prayer hubs right now. The goal is 300,000 prayer hubs. And these prayer hubs are dealing with the, you know, there's the air game. The air game is, you know, going for it in prayer. But then there's the ground game and mobilizing these men and women to vote. And they're voting according to their biblical values. And so I'm really excited about this. Everybody, you're going to see some things roll out over the next couple of months. Just stay tuned. The good news is Mark isn't just um, a one-off guest at this point. We're working together with um, his organization and her voice and some other people um, to really see some awesome work that God's going to um, empower us to do. Wow, I am absolutely charged. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see where we're headed next in this conversation because Mark is going to show some incredible slides. So for those people that are even listening by uh, podcast, maybe only by audio, you might think about going to YouTube to Jenny Donnelly official. Look at this on the next episode because you'll want to see the video that blew my mind. I've never seen that before. Yeah. People are going to want to see that I think visually as well as audio. Okay, perfect. So you guys, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an incredible episode of don't mess with our kids and we will see you in part two with Mark Gonzalez.